0: Welcome to episode 331 of Live Happy Now. What if you could live in a house without any grumbling, even if you have teenagers? I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm talking to two women who learned how to create a grumble-free life. Amy Parker and Trisha Goyer are both moms and authors, and they teamed up for the new children's book, The Grumbles, A Story About Gratitude. It's based on Trisha's own experience with challenging her family to live a grumble-free year. And this week, they're here to tell us how this became a book and how you can use gratitude to lose the grumbles. Amy and Trisha, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. This is fun. Well, first of all, we don't normally get two people at the same time, so this is awesome. Like It's, a, it's like a BOGO for this Yeah. Thing. By one get one.
1: Episode. Yeah. It's fun for us too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta say, this is such a cute book. And I understand that it grew out of the book that Trisha wrote, which was called The Grumble Free Year. So I guess to get this started, you
1: wanna tell us about that book? Yeah, absolutely. Um The Grumble Free Year is a book that I wrote a couple years ago and we had 11 people in our house. So my husband and I have adopted seven kids. My grandma lives with us too. We have older kids that are out of the house, but we had so much grumbling in the house that we knew we had to do something. So we took on the challenge of trying to go a year without grumbling, which really we were just trying to improve. I knew it would be impossible (laughs) to completely go without grumbling, but we told the kids we would take them on a cruise if they worked on it. We had to give them some incentive. So, you know, it was like the cheapest cruise ever, but it worked (laughs) because they were willing to work on it. And the first three or four months, I'm like, this is crazy. Nothing's changing. But slowly over the time, the more we focused on gratitude, the more I started praising them when they started doing it right, the more I saw a huge improvement in them. During that time, my grandma actually broke her back and it was, we were caring for her, but she was the best example of being grateful for us, loving on her and caring for her during that time. And it really was an example for us. So by the end of the year, year, we were definitely better. And so out of that, I ended up talking with Amy. I was on her podcast and she's like, The grumbles. I could see this as a children's book. And that's where the grumbles came from.
0: Well, that is terrific. And how though did you go about implementing a process to become less grumbly? Like because you know that's something that really comes natural to us to be able to complain about things. So how do you set like a a measurement or how do you implement a program to not grumble?
1: Yeah, well, the first thing we did is we sat down and I, I explained what grumbling is. It's not just the words. I had four teenage girls in the house at the time. So I'm like, it's the eye rolls. It's the whatever, which that just drives me crazy, those teenagers and their whatever. And so one of my daughters like, oh, we should all write down our grumble styles. And so we got a whiteboard and my little one would whine. She was seven at the time and she would whine. And the teenage girls talked about their griping and their grumbling. And they're like, mom, you gripe at us all the time. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And so once we wrote down, on our grumble styles. everyone. We told our my husband at dinner that night, we talked about our grumble styles. And that really helped us to see that all of us grumble in different ways. And then we had Bible verses that we memorized together and we just really started catching ourselves. We said, it's not gonna work if we try to tell each other when they're grumbling. <laughs> But catching ourselves and we would see someone start to grumble and like laugh and kind of catch themselves. And it was not easy. But really, when I started praising them, when I saw them like stopping themselves, that's really when I saw a lot of change. Because kids love to get praised. They love to be acknowledged for doing something right. And once I started trying to catch them, being good, not grumbling, even if there was a soft sigh instead of a big grumble, I'm like, you're improving. (laughs) Great job. And that really made a huge difference. Well, I think you just gave a ton
0: of hope to parents of teenagers. Yes. Because I have many friends who have teenagers and I don't know that they even imagine this could be possible. (laughs) so that's really good to know and so then as I said you spoke to Amy about it and she was like the grumbles I can see it so how did you take it from being an idea to turning it into a book
2: well so that we did a podcast together we went to lunch she had her uh, daughter with her and we just had a fun lunch together and then I just sort of got pinged that afternoon. I can't explain it, but it happens sometimes with just this idea and just the words. um, And so we texted back and forth. So the bulk of this concept was born in a text. And I think she was even on her way home from not while she was driving, but it was back and forth on her way home from Nashville. The whole concept was born then. And the words just kind of wrote themselves and I sent it to her and we went back and forth. And she suggested at one point you know, maybe we have a neighbor who enters or something. And then I thought, oh, grandma, grandma is a real person who really (laughs) modeled this for the family. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so much of this story, it's a a narrative based on a family named the Grumbles, but so much of it was born in real life. This is art imitating life. You know, everything that Tricia has talked about in the Grumble for a year, we tried our best (laughs) to condense that and get that into a book you know, in, into a five or seven minute book for little ones so that they could really start early and start developing those behaviors and, you know, changing their grumbling into gratitude from an earlier age. So that maybe by the time they're teenagers, it's a little less torturous. <laughs> in the back of the book, they talk about grumbling styles. The front of the book has that scripture, um, do everything without grumbling or complaining, which is good for anybody to go by. And then we reveal some of the grumbling styles of the characters throughout the book. And we show how Grandma Grateful enters and models grumbling for them. I mean, no, she does not. She models gratefulness for them (laughs) and they see it just gives them a new perspective on how maybe this grumbling doesn't have to exist this way. Maybe we could be grateful for the things we have instead. And so, you know, we discuss those little triggers for each character, but then we show how you can change the way you react to the things that make you grumble. And so we tried to pack all of that into this book and, you know, with adorable illustrations. So I feel like all of that, just listening to her on my podcast, talk about the grumble for a year, all of that just inspired this narrative for this book. You both have written books on
0: your own, a lot of books on your own. Let's (laughs) let's address that 1st let Let's say, okay, we'll start. Tricia, how many books have you written?
2: I have over 80.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> Amy,
2: how about you? I'm trying to catch up with Trisha. I have over 70. Man. So but mine have a lot fewer words than Trisha's do. Yes. She, yeah, she has so, a lot more words.
0: I guess my point is it's not your first rodeo for either of you. Is this the first time you've collaborated with one another?
1: Well, well initially, Amy was my editor for one of oh, my really? books years ago. This was like, what, two 2000? of your books? Oh, two of my books. Yes. Yes. In 2006. I don't know It's been a while. I mean, it was just a long time ago. So that's (laughs) how we first met, was she was my editor and we just have kept in touch and it's been great. Wow. And so, so this was
0: the first time you wrote together though? Yes. 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 Wow. That's great. How is that different? How is that process different? It seems like it just was a very symbiotic, like just everything came together for you.
2: It was so easy. I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm working on two other collaborative projects right now and there are a lot, there's a lot more involved in those, but, but this was just so easy. The book really just sort of wrote itself and Trisha you know, I generally write children's books. And so my practice is to take big ideas mm-hmm. and boil them down into simple concepts or boil them down to just a few words. And so just spending the day with her talking about the Grumble for a Year just helped me to do that. And then when we started volleying ideas back and forth, it really just wrote itself. It was such an easy process. And Trish so fun to work with and just laid back. And I kind of have a laid back style too. So we we just work well together.
1: Yeah. And then it was really written in text messages back and forth. Yes. Um, Add this word, add that word. (laughs) By the time I got home from Nashville, it's about a, I live in Little Rock. So it's about a five and a half hour drive. I mean, I would say the majority of the book was there. And then we, grandma was added in because I talked about how important my grandma was when she was flat on her back couldn't get out of bed. She's just singing and praying. And I remember one day I homeschooled the kids. And so we were sitting around the table and my 16-year-old daughter said, why do we complain about anything? She can't even get out of bed and she's so thankful. And that really, you know, talking about that with Amy, she's like, yes, we have to make sure grandma's, <laughs> grandma's in the book. So grandma yeah. is the character that brings in that gratitude.
0: That's so great. So how did your how did grandma respond when this book got published? That would just be amazing because it sounds like she she's a very grateful person and probably very humble. And to be like, you're the central character that turns it all around. What, what was that like for her? Well,
1: you know, she has dementia. So every know. time, so I can actually, I can record her re- looking at the book again, because it's going to be a new thing. I showed her when we had the first initial, not the final book. So I think that'll be fun to record her looking at the book again. So yeah. she can remember everything from like 50 years ago, right. but those not new things, it's, it's, it's all new. Again. <laughs> so we can celebrate this over and over again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you are really seeing the silver lining in life. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. So, you know, at at Live Happy, we really love gratitude. I'm Mm -hmm. always like, I'm this self-professed gratitude junkie. Can you talk about why it's so important to start teaching it early on? And and because I love, that's what I love so much about this book is it's really, without saying, here's a gratitude practice, it's giving kids (laughs) a gratitude
1: practice. Absolutely. When I think from the beginning, kids model what they see. <laughs> and so it all, and I, when I was doing the Grumble for a Year, I realized like I had to change a lot of myself. And so when they see us at young ages being grateful for things and not complaining about things, it just builds that foundation of gratitude in their lives. And it really gives them a complete different perspective of how they look at the world. They can look at the world with complaining about everything, or they can look at the world that we're thankful for the things that we have. God has given us a sunny day and, you know, everything can come out of their perspective. And what they are taught is how they're going to build their mindset for their life. And so I think it really is important. The younger they are, the more we can model gratitude, we can praise gratitude, we could point out things to be grateful for, even if things aren't perfect, because life, there's always going to be disappointments. We could point out ways that things can, we could look at the bright side of things, and it really makes a big difference. We, going through the Grumble for Year, we read the book Pollyanna. And so she was always, you know, looking for the bright side of things. At first, they're like, wow, that's kind of weird. (laughs) But after a while, it really makes a difference because you can see that, yes, there's disappointments, but we have so much good in our lives. And the younger you can get that in kids, it it just sets their, their
2: mindset for their lives. Yeah, Amy, do you have anything to add to that? Because that's I am just learning from Trisha every yeah. <laughs> day. I mean, she has tons of experience with kids. She homeschools all of her kids, and I—I I mean, I just really learn so much from her. One thing that I took away that that we talked about, and that we sort of we approach in the book, but we don't say it directly, is that grumbling is all about your expectations. Mm-hmm. That's something that she's told me, and I, it's in the grumble for a year, but. I have said that. I have a teenager and I've said that time and time again to my whole family, not just the teenager. We all grumble because uh, my husband is is notorious for getting disappointed in plans not following through, but they're plans that he never told us about. <laughs> and I'm like, how are we supposed to know that this is what you wanted to do, but you never said it out loud? Because he you know, creates these plans in his head and then we go through the weekend and he's But we never, I'm like, you never said that. So that one sentence that that grumbling grows out of our expectations Mm -hmm. is so powerful if you think about it and apply it. If you think about what vacation is really going to look like, I mean, we're going to this really cool place, but it's going to require a flight and one of us hates flying. And so if you just set those expectations out, I think if you're proactive about it, you can just head off a lot of that grumbling from the get-go. So that has been one of the most powerful things that I learned from Trisha's book and perspective on on grumbling and gratitude.
0: So is it more difficult to teach gratitude to adults or to children
2: oh well I think
1: adults for sure because I think it's so ingrained in our habits and I think that's really we, we have to look and see what things have what mindsets we have what things we have that we're used to so in my family growing up it was like the muttering martyr type of person where it'd be like I wish someone would help me clean the kitchen and my grandma did it when she was younger now now she's a lot more grateful I could see my mom do it and so I would do it and I remember one day my husband said why don't you ask for help instead of just (laughs) sitting in there and muttering and I realized like oh yeah like I shouldn't expect, like Amy was saying, for someone to come and help me unless I say I would really love help with this. And when I do, it's amazing. Like, okay, there's people willing to help. And so I think because we have kind of the patterns that we grow up with, it gets harder as adults to catch those things. But for me, when Amy talked about that expectation part, we adopted seven kids in five years. We adopted first a single then two more, a toddler and a five-year-old, and then four teenage girls. And I remember being so overwhelmed and I couldn't keep the house clean and I couldn't get the laundry caught up. And my husband said, did you expect that we would (laughs) add seven children to our house and you would be able to keep it as clean as before we added seven children to our house? And that's really like So it was my husband that put that seed of that there because I had expected, like I've always kept a clean house. I've always been able to keep up with laundry. And so understanding like what we expect and what's realistic really makes a big difference. And so as adults, it is harder to change, but we can rationalize, we can think through things, we can catch ourselves, we can write down our, you know, gratitudes every day and that helps us but kids we could just teach them when they're young and then they don't have to hopefully not struggle as much as we do already ingrained yes absolutely. what are some ways
0: like this book is a great starting point for it but what are some other ways that you can really teach children and when I say children I mean we're talking a wide range of ages so Mm. what are different ways you can teach gratitude maybe at different stages in their lives
1: absolutely well with toddlers you know just pointing out things that we're thankful for when you're going on a walk with them. Look at this, you know, sunny day and I'm so thankful we're able to come to the park. When they get a little bit older, writing thank you notes and, you know, really letting people know that they're, and kids, you know, even if they can't write the words, you can write their words for them and write thank you notes. That's something I think that's forgotten today. And then again, catch them when they're saying something good, when they're saying something right. This morning, I made scrambled eggs for my adult son and my two, two teen daughters. And one of my daughters thanked me three times because she was like, thank you, <laughs> mom. i like, I really appreciate it when you take time, not just get used to it. And so even as they get older, when they say thank you, when you see them being kind to someone, being grateful for someone, you know, catch them. And then later I will tell my husband, guess what someone did today? They said thank you to the cashier and gave a nice smile. So that just instills in them when you're actually telling someone else and and pointing out what they did right it instills that they're making good choices and that they're doing the right thing. And then they're so proud and they want to do it again when whatever gets praised gets repeated. And so the more we can catch them doing those things or model it and then they're watching us,
2: it gets repeated. And I think that goes for any age. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And as they start to practice gratitude, then it becomes more natural. And what kind of changes do you see in them? Because it doesn't just make them less grumbly. It has other changes for for people.
1: Absolutely. I remember after we'd been doing this for about nine months because road trips were the worst. We started the Grumble for a Year actually on a road trip with everyone in the car. We drove from Little Rock to Seattle, Washington. And by the time we got out of the car, I, it was just like all nerves because it was like, you're touching me. You're looking at me. And, you know, nine months later, we ended up going on a, a trip and some kids went into the gas station with their own money, bought snacks for their siblings to bring out. And the kids in the car were like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, It was like one of those moments where like, I I do do not believe this just happened. And, but it's that little dailiness really makes a big difference in the long run. And you can't see it after a week, after uh, two weeks, after, you know, even sometimes a month or two months, but over time, we were definitely able to see a difference. And I would say now we are still like... You know, so far ahead of where we used to be when I mean, we're not perfect at all, but that dailyness of of showing gratitude and of catching them doing right and pointing out how proud we are of them, it really makes a difference in the long
2: run
0: then, how about you amy what's your what's your gratitude strategy?
2: Well, I think that's that's one thing that I've seen that we do regularly now when I expect tension or something difficult coming or sometimes even when I don't, we'll talk about expectations. So, you know, this is going to happen.
0: It'll never show up. Nobody knows that happened.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So we'll just talk about our expectations. Um, We'll say, you know, this is going to happen. It's going to be hot. It's going to be cold. When we went on vacation this past week, everybody packed something warm. It's going to be cold. And even then when it was kind of chilly, I'm like, it is, 100 degrees back in Tennessee. So just be soak it up now and enjoy it now. So just setting that's really been a game changer for us is just setting our expectations ahead of time. And I've seen a difference in, in the way our family responds to less than ideal situations because we're expecting it, we're prepared for it. My husband is an Eagle Scout, so be prepared has. <laughs> always been ingrained in our family, setting those expectations and then preparing for them both, you know, physically and mentally, I think makes a huge difference.
0: Obviously, parents can't, they have to practice what they preach with this. Mm -hmm. It's, and that can be the tricky part too, because it's one thing to tell your kids, like you need to, you know, you're going to practice gratitude. And as adults, (laughs) we tend to have a lot more things go wrong in our day than our children do. I mean, it might seem bigger to them, but mm. so how is it? good for parents to teach gratitude, what does it do for us and what does it, how does it change our responsibility to ourselves to keep that up?
1: What I found is I had to apologize a lot (laughs) Um, when we first got started and uh, when I was making an intentional effort to not grumble, when I would grumble about something, you left your shoes again, this is this mess, I have to sweep it up. And then I go later, I'm sorry, I grumbled about that, you know, and, and, and you explain, I really appreciate it if you can put your shoes up, but mommy shouldn't have grumbled about that. I should have just asked you nicely to go put your shoes away. And once I started apologizing, and, and it takes a lot of humility to go to your child and say, I'm sorry, I grumbled about that. I'm sorry, I raised Especially my voice. Especially a teenager. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Oh yes. Uh, yes, my, my teenage, but you know what, the I could see, even with my teenagers, I could see them getting tense. If I'm griping at them, you need to do your homework, you shouldn't be on your phone. Like, I could see them tensing up. And as soon as I apologize and I'm humble as I go before them, their whole continence just kind of softens again. I know that, you know, you've been busy today. You've had a hard day. I'm sorry. And then once I apologize, then they are often quick to apologize back for the things that they do. And then later, when they come to me after grumbling and apologize, it was like, what? This is amazing. But it it was me, you know, 10 times a day going to them. I'm sorry, I grumbled about that. Um, will you forgive me? And I, you know, I'm trying and working on this. And once I was able to be humble and come to them, then I saw them doing the same thing.
2: Yeah. So, and just that practice alone of modeling humility, mm-hmm. um, that extends far beyond. Gratitude and grumbling, just modeling to kids, we mess up. And this is how you handle it when you mess up. You say, I'm sorry, you try not to do it again. And I feel like modeling that humility and apology and forgiveness is is so vital for our kids we, you know, because we put so much pressure on them and expect them to be so perfect sometimes without even realizing what we're doing. And so when we show them we're grownups, we've been doing this a lot longer than you have and we mm-hmm. mess up on the daily, but this is how you handle it when you mess up. I think that is so powerful in any area of life for our kids.
0: What about, because I have one friend in particular who I can hear, she has teenage sons, and Mm -hmm. I can just hear her saying, but they will not get their shoes and socks out of the living room. It's not grumbling. It's just they need to do it. So what about that? How much do parents have to go overcome with that mindset of it's like, it's not grumbling. I just need them to do what they were told.
2: Well, I think one part of that's on us. My husband is not a teenager (laughs) and he still leaves his socks and shoes in the floor. And so part of it is about that expectation. I am convinced I've been studying this a long time and I'm convinced that boys don't see dirt. Mm. (laughs) It does not exist. It does not exist. Dirty laundry does not exist. And it's more about my expectations and what I want than about their expectations and what they want. so I think you can ask nicely and there's you know there's a point to obedience that needs to be enforced, of course, but that's not going to stop them from leaving their socks and shoes on the floor the next time i um and i will I will approach my teenage son. it's socks and shoes, but it's also wrappers and drinks cups mm. you know and it how how do you leave the room <laughs> how do you get seven cups in the room first of all and then how do you leave the room like that how does that even happen but that's about my expectation and my priorities versus his so I will walk him into the room and say do you do you see what I'm looking at <laughs> and he'll you know pick them all up and of course leave three or four because he doesn't see them he's blind to it and then go and take them and put them away. I address my expectations first, and then I will direct him to what he needs to do. And surely at some point, I don't know, maybe at some point they'll get tired of me pointing them to that. But so far, not so much. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. And I think it, it is when we are able to just ask without getting upset. Just this morning, my 10-year-old left the ketchup on the table. And I'm like, <laughs> the living room's connected to the breakfast nook. And I'm like, Casey, come put the ketchup away he's on a video game. He does not even respond. Did you hear me? What? No. (laughs) And honestly, like, I know he didn't hear me because he did not respond. And he goes, and I said, can you come get the ketchup? He, I mean, he got up and came and got it. And I'm like, remember, we need to put our stuff away. So it's, it is that, you know, it's just simply asking, yes. I mean, we do have to ask over and over again sometimes, but I could have been really upset. He wasn't listening to me. I could have made myself escalate, but really it's just ketchup. Like, it's just ketchup on the table. I need him to put away. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, (laughs) the more that we just approach things with gentleness and not letting ourselves get worked up. Um, But also my kids have chores. And so we, every day, someone has to clean the living room. Someone has to clean the kitchen. Someone has to clean their upstairs bathroom. And so often, they're asking their siblings can you please come pick up your shoes because they're the ones picking up the living room and so it's help it's teaching them like okay now now mom's not the only one cleaning after them there's other siblings and so we say you could ask your sibling but ask nicely but yes everyone needs to come and pick up their things and so then they're responsible that day for the living room and so then they're they're learning to ask nicely and have their siblings come and pick up their things
2: and that also probably gives them a lot more empathy when you come Mm -hmm. and ask them to pick up their shoes they're like oh I know what this feels like when I'm trying to clean and there are shoes in the floor that don't belong to me so it builds empathy I think too
0: That's so great. And now you've got, I love at the end of the book that you have, you know, you identify these different styles of grumbling. So it is for children, but you've got something for parents at the end, which is really helpful. And I really love that about the book. And can you talk about what it is that you really hope families take away from the grumbles?
1: Yeah. And I just hope it's just the conversation. So yeah, at the end, it talks about the grumble styles, you know, muttering, stomping, pouting, scowling, whining, crying. Um, Those are all styles. And so as the parents are reading through the book you know hopefully over and over again kids love repetition they love the same books that become their favorites, the parents will see, okay, this is a conversation that we can continue to have. And Remember the grumbles, remember how they were, daddy was stomping and and baby was crying and the kids were muttering and pulls these characters into everyday life. So hopefully parents can have these conversations with their kids. It's not going to be this foreign thing that they're just, you know, gratitude. What does that mean? Well, we've learned about gratitude from, you know, grandma grateful and all these things. And so it really takes these characters and hopefully they're able to bring that into everyday life with their kids.
2: And I think even if they forget, if they listen to this podcast and forget everything that we've said, if they read, if they read the book, don't read the grumbling styles or whatever, but just having a story about gratitude on their mm-hmm. shelves, just reading it one time even, creates that awareness, that recognition of I'm not, I'm not just You know, when I'm emptying the dishwasher for the 400th time, it's like, you know, and I'm grumbling, it just creates that awareness, that jolt, just something that you recognize. Just something, you know, if you're looking for a cardinal, you're going to see 47 cardinals. If you read this book about grumbling and gratitude, you're going to recognize every time that you're grumbling. And you're going to, I hope, remember that you can replace that with with gratitude.
0: That's terrific. This is a wonderful book. I'm excited for people to check it out. When I come back, I'm going to tell people how they can discover it. I think we're doing a little book giveaway as well. And uh, I'm really excited to see where this goes. So thank you both for being on the show
2: today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We enjoyed it.
0: That was Amy Parker and Trisha Goyer, talking about their new children's book, The Grumbles, a story about gratitude. If you'd like to enter to win our gratitude prize package with this book, Trisha's book, The Grumble Free Year, and some great live happy gifts, visit us at livehappy.com or on the social media platform of your choice. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.